Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday for it, too. Yeah, it's a big Tuesday. It is uh, World Cup Tuesday. As the United States, number one and number two team, number one, Germany, surprisingly, will square off tonight. Uh, we're going to talk a little soccer later on. In the show right now, we've got Rob Doster on. We're not going to waste any time. Uh, he, he's he got a busy day. so I don't even get a hello we'll, today, TJ. I mean, come on, Rob, can we five Trevor, seconds? We'll, we'll, we'll get to you. We're off to a fast start here. We have no time for lollygagging. Rob, how are you? No, I, I'm, a, I'm pretty good, man. And, and Trevor, don't worry. No one likes you. We're not, we're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like the sloth of the row of, in Goonies of the radio business. I understand that. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know if we, at, at least you know. At least you get it. I, I don't know if we've ever had a guest uh, right off the bat to start the show. Usually I go over a rundown of what we're going to talk about today, Rob. But uh, with, with you on the show, I guess I'll, I'll let you decide what we're going to talk about. And I'm, I'm, I'm figure you probably want to talk a little basketball. And there's some news with John Calipari today. It came and went very quickly of maybe some possible interest with Sacramento and the Kings. Uh, when you initially saw that, did you put a percentage in your head of, okay, uh, maybe this is actually a 20% chance of actually happening. Uh, did you think it was a possibility? Um, I think it's very much a possibility that the Kings are, are interested in hiring John Calipari. I don't think that there's a, a, a great chance that Cal actually ends up taking that job. I mean, if, if you go to Sacramento to coach in the NBA at this point, it just means you're desperate to get to the NBA. And given the position that Calipari is in right now, I don't think they'd be desperate to get to the NBA. You know, he has – I don't know if there are there are five jobs better in all of basketball at any level than being the head coach at Kentucky. And I don't think that there is any job in this world that John Calipari is better suited for than being the head coach of Kentucky. Like, that is a, that is a marriage made in heaven. And, you know, I think it would take a lot more than uh, $10 million a year and a chance to try to, uh, you know – get DeMarcus Cousins on board with, with what Sacramento's trying to do. I think it's going to take a lot more than that to get John Calipari out of uh, Lexington. And, and that was my initial thought is if John Calipari is ever going to go to the NBA, he would want all the control that the Kings were throwing at him. But like you mentioned, it's Sacramento. And you we've heard some reports that he has possibly had some better options, including the Cavs last year. Of course, they didn't have LeBron at the time. But it this is no surprise to Kentucky fans. It's no surprise to you, Rob. But his name is being brought up year after year, and this time it seemed maybe a bit more serious with, you know, Woj being the one to report all this. So do you think that John Calipari has a serious interest in the NBA and he's just kind of feeling out maybe what would be the best fit for him? Because it's happening every year. I mean, I, I think he absolutely does. I think everybody in, in basketball, whether you're a coach or a player, there's somebody covering the game. I think that the, the NBA is the highest level of the sport, and I think you want to be able to get there and, and, and prove that you can do it. And Cal, you know, he ha I, I think it's a bitter taste in his mouth what happened with the New Jersey Nets, you know, how, how we kind of flamed out there. I think that there – I don't know if it's ego or what, but I think part of him wants to prove that, hey, he's a good enough coach to go to that level and have that success. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. There's nothing wrong with having ambitions in your career. And I think if the right opportunity came along, he might jump on it. And it's the same thing with you. I was talking about this with Trevor off air. You know, if if someone came along to you, TJ, and said, hey, you know, we're going to give you a spot uh, with, you know, working with uh, Scott Van Pelt 
uh, on, on SVP and Lucimo. Like, it's something that you would take, right? It doesn't mean you don't love the job you're at. It doesn't mean you're not good at what you're doing. It's just if an opportunity presents itself that's good for your career, that, that's a chance for you to prove that you can do something you haven't done, then I think anybody is going to take that. And I think that's what the situation is with Calipari. You know, I think that, that it's just, I think it eats at him a little bit that he hasn't had any success with that. And, you know, it doesn't mean he's going to jump at everything. I think he had more interest, to be honest with you, in the New Orleans job uh, when that opened up than he does with uh, the Sacramento job. But I don't think he would have left Kentucky for either one of them. It, it's just, you know, and it, it is what it is. I think that he does want to get back to the league, but I don't think he's going to rush it and then jump at something like Sacramento. He needs a job like Sacramento whenever he wants. You know, if we're being honest about it, he can probably get that job whenever he wants. So it's not, he doesn't need to leave when he's got a good situation there, especially with Jamal Murray coming back. You know, he doesn't need to leave. And the other thing is, you know, Kentucky fans complain about how, oh, there's always these rumors about Cal, you know, going to the NBA. There's always these rumors, this and that and the third. We always hear about this. But that's because he's winning. That's because he's a good coach. You know, if your name, if you have a coach whose name isn't getting involved with any other opening, it probably means that, A, you're a fan of something like Kansas or North Carolina or Duke, or B, you don't have a very good coach, and he's not winning a lot of games. When you're good at what you do and you win, people are going to offer you jobs and they're going to try to hire you. That's the bottom line. So, you know, it is what it is. This is just the situation that we live in, and, you know, it's Calipari, so he's going he's gonna to draw all the headlines whenever anyone brings his name up. And nobody draws more headlines in the offseason than John Calipari himself. And another reason why uh, is a reason you mentioned is that he's been in the news a lot lately because he did land another five-star recruit, and, and that's a game-changer for next season. What's your take on Jamal Murray? What does he bring to the Wildcats? You know, I, I'm, I'm torn on this decision. For starters, look, you bring in a guy like Murray, a five-star recruit, a guy with that much talent, it's never a bad thing. Like, that is unequivocally a good thing, bringing him into the program. I'm just not convinced that he is, you know, the missing piece that everybody thinks he is. I think that if they got Jalen Brown, that would have been the missing piece. I think if they landed Brandon Ingram, that would have been the missing piece. I think they need, like, a big power wing, a guy that doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to be effective. To me, Jamal Murray is basically the same player as Isaiah Briscoe. They're kind of combo guards, lead guards, guys that are used to playing the point, used to having the ball in their hands. They're not as effective off the ball as they are when they're allowed to make plays. And to me, it kind of gives them three guys whose best position at the college level is at the point in Ulysses, Briscoe, and Murray. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Cal is able to divvy up minutes and divvy up touches and how he's going to run the offense. Is he going to do a lot more dribble drive motion, which is something we haven't really seen out of them in recent years? Uh, is he going to convince Murray to strictly play off the ball. Is Tyler Eulis going to turn into nothing but a 3-and-D guy? You know, and the other question for me is, I think this now absolutely makes Skull the third option for him offensively. And I think Skull is probably the best player. He's the best prospect in NBA or in college basketball. And, you know, is he going to be okay not being the centerpiece of that offense? You know, is he going to thrive in kind of an Anthony Davis role, so to speak? So, It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I, I mean, look, they have, what is it, three five-star recruits come in. Marcus Lee, I think, is going to have a great year. Tyler Ewis is there. I think they're going to be a very good team. I have them at number three in the country right now. I think they can win a national title. You know, they're, they're, they're loaded again. I just don't see Murray coming in and being the, the, the exact fit that would have been perfect for him. He's a good piece. Don't get me wrong. He makes him better. But I don't think he was that perfect fit at the three that they were looking for. 
Yeah, and we've I've talked about it on the show too. If you rank all those players in terms of talent level, I really would have Jamal Murray near the top. I, I think he's going to be insanely good. I think he's going to be a top five or ten draft pick next year. I think he's UK's best option. Uh, but a, a wing would be more important. But I think Kentucky and John Calipari, I think this is easily going to be able to work. You're going to be able to play three guys together. Uh, defensively, you might take a, a bit of a hit. But Jamal Murray is a guy that can create for himself. And now you have him paired up with Isaiah Briscoe, who can create for himself, maybe not to the extent of Jamal Murray can, but still he's an aggressive, big, powerful guard. And then you have Tyler Ulis who's going to be able to get into the paint, get where he needs to go, and now you've got two guys that are going to be able to knock down shots almost virtually anywhere on the court, especially Jamal Murray. He's a good shooter. So I think I'm a little bit higher on Jamal Murray than you are. Yeah, I, honestly, I think he's a little bit overrated based on what happened at the Hoop Summit. You know, he was awesome at the Hoop Summit. But if you watch him at all in high school, he, he was a little underwhelming when he was in high school. He didn't do much at Peach Jam last year when he was playing up with the 17s. So... You know, I mean, maybe he got better. Maybe he just like just he had a, a great game uh, with the world team. He also dominated in those practices too at, at the hoop summit. So it wasn't just that one performance. But you know, some of the guys that I've talked to that have seen him play more than I have believe that you know he he's probably a top fifteen, top twenty kid at this point in the class of two thousand fifteen. But they're not sold on him being as good as. You know, he, he's been listed. Like, I saw him at number three in a mock draft, uh, you know, that came out last week. And I'm just, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just missing something. Maybe I haven't seen him play enough uh, in, in the last two or three months. But I just, I don't see how he's gone from a kid that was, um, you know, around the top 25 to being the next great thing in college basketball. And we're speaking with Rob Doster, NBC Sports. And, I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I saw him when he was playing better. His numbers at AAU and Peach Jam and Nike YBL last year are a bit underwhelming given how much I'm hyping him up and others are hyping him up. I think he averaged maybe 12 points a game with six rebounds and five or four assists or whatever it may be, which isn't isn't fantastic. But you also have to remember uh, he was heading into his junior year then. He was relatively young on AAU standards. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you could say you watch his high school games and he was a bit underwhelming. And he he kind of was unknown for uh, a large part of the season. And you'd go there to watch Thon Maker and come away by saying, whoa, this guard is is the star of the show. At least that's how I came away from watching their uh, their Canadian team high school games. Yeah, I mean, I did. I saw them play. I think like once, and it was like some grainy live stream. So I, this is just based on talking to, to scouts and people that have actually gone and watched them play. Um, and and they also they said the same thing as you that Thon Baker was a little bit underwhelming in high school too. So that leads me to believe that some of it was just the fact that hey, maybe they, you know the coach at Orangeville wasn't best coach that they've ever had but I, I mean who knows what ends up happening with him uh, I just I'm not convinced that he's going to be the other thing is like what what we've been saying about this class for the last year maybe two years is that the class of 2015 does not stack up with what is in the class of 2016 and it doesn't stack up with what was in the class of 2013 or 2014 like this is a relatively weak class so if Jamal Murray went out at the hoop summit and was the best guard on the table. And the other thing you got to remember is Malik Newman is the only guard that is a consensus top 10 player in this class. So this is a weak class, and, and there's only one top 10 guard in that class. 
and it generally means there aren't very many, many good guards. So going out and getting Jamal Murray means he's a top five guard in the class. Doesn't mean he's going to be on the same level as you know some of the other guards that we have seen come through and that have been one of done guys. And you know, this is this is a long way of saying um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I don't think that Kentucky is. I, I don't think there is a favorite this year. I think you can make a strong argument for four or five different teams to be the number one team in the country. And I think that makes it better for the sport because you know it's going to be a lot more fun and there's going to be a lot more upsets and it's going to be a little bit more of a uh, you know a little crazier during the college basketball. Well, we're, I think we're going to agree to disagree on Murray, and that's fine with me. We'll, we'll see how the season plays out. And you are right. It is a weak guard class and a weak overall class. Uh, and, and you mentioned that this is – I think this brings Kentucky right up there, maybe number one in the country. I'd probably actually put them number one with UNC close behind. Can you give me a top three or maybe a top five heading into next season? Well, the top five is pretty, pretty clear to me. I think Maryland and North Carolina are – you know, yeah. I think those two are going to be the top two teams in the country. You can go either way. I think we have North Carolina right now, but I would not argue anyone that put Maryland. I have Kentucky at number three, Kansas at fourth, and Iowa State fifth. Interesting. Would you have, just off the top of your head, since this is a show stationed in Louisville, uh, would you have Louisville in your top 25 right now? No, we don't. But uh, Actually, no, we do. I think they're, they're, they're somewhere around 18 to 21. They're the back end of the top 25. But they're also one of those teams that has um, a higher ceiling than most because uh, you don't really know what's going to happen. How is Damian Lee going to transition to the ACC? Trey Lewis going to be a guy that can contribute at, at that high of a level? Is Donovan Mitchell, Ray Spaulding, uh, uh, Dang Adele, are these guys ready to contribute immediately as freshmen? And I, I, don't, I don't know if they are. Not, uh, I think I love Donovan Mitchell. You know, I think that Adele and Spaulding have potential. Um, but they're going to be a young team, and it's going to be interesting to see how they come together. I think that they're probably a year away from really being a contender of the ACC. And Rick Pitino said he has six or seven or eight guys that will play in the NBA on this team. You buying that? Um, I play in the NBA, maybe. Uh, I don't. I don't think that there's going to be a guy. I don't think there's a guy on this team that is going to be a star in the NBA. Um, but, I mean, make a roster, hang around for a year or two, play in the summer league. Yeah, I think they have plenty of guys that are going to be able to do that. Yeah, it'll, I, I feel maybe it's a bit far-fetched, but, yeah, maybe playing summer league along those lines where Patino wouldn't necessarily be uh, telling such a fib. And, uh, Rob, are you going to watch the, the Women's World Cup, USA versus Germany? I know you're a big soccer guy. Does that translate over to the women's side of things? Yeah, I mean, I only watch the, uh, the, the games with the Americans playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I go and I watch it. I'm not I'm not decked out in red, white, and blue with my knee high American flag socks on or anything like that. But I'll watch. I'll support them because go America, right? Go America. That's what I like to hear. I am decked out of my America stuff right now. I'm wearing my my blue pants, my USA hockey jersey, and my stars and stripes socks. So I, I it's funny you describe that when that's Attaboy. literally what I'm wearing right now. So I'm excited for that match tonight. Uh, you you enjoy it too, Rob. Let's let's go, America. Thanks very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. I have a good one, guys. Thanks. And one of the rare times we talk to Rob, where we we talk all sports, Trevor. Yeah. What what what, what what's with that? I mean, uh, y'all y'all didn't bring up Entourage. I mean, you haven't talked to him about that. I don't know if he's actually seen the movie yet. I think he's delaying on seeing it. But I mean, well, that was weird to have an, almost a fifteen minute conversation. I don't. 
I don't think in the in the three years I've known Rob, I, I've ever listened to an entire fifteen minute conversation that was all entirely on sports. Yeah, I don't. The first time I think we've had Rob on with without you know getting off course. I'm going to blame that on on us having him on to start the show. We didn't really get in our normal rhythm, Trevor. We didn't get a chance to uh, sway away from the sports talk with you and me for the first couple minutes, which leads to us needing him to answer a debate between the two of us on whatever pop culture or uh, anything non-sports related that we're arguing over or debating over. Yeah. Uh, it's it's different. It, this has been a weird show. I didn't like you said. I didn't get a chance to introduce you. So yeah, uh, what, what up with that, man? Come on. Well, welcome to the show, Trevor. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so, uh, but good stuff from Rob. It, it was either we get him on in the first segment or we don't get him on today. And obviously Tuesdays are Rob Doster days, and we had to uh, we had to get him on. I I, I do really. We are. I, I think it's very clear we were being. Uh, we were respecting one another, Trevor, but we are on, on completely different pages on Jamal Murray. He's being very nice when talking about Jamal Murray, but he doesn't. I think it's pretty clear he doesn't think he's going to have a major impact next year. But you've been very, very like grateful, dead level high on Jamal Murray, even. But and I, 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 well, I, I, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to use the oh, well, it's only because he went to Kentucky because you were like that. But what you were, you were way high on Jamal Murray before he chose Kentucky. When he was, if he'd gone to Oregon, you were Thank just as high on him. Thank you. I had said that if he went to Oregon, it'd probably make them contenders to win the Pac-12, and that's uh, with a good Arizona team and a California team that has a few lottery picks on it. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been—I was high on Jamal Murray before it seemed that he was going to Kentucky. I was as high on him when it seemed that Oregon maybe had some slight momentum heading into the uh, the darkness that was his recruitment. Nobody really knowing exactly where he was going to go. And now that he went to Kentucky, I really do think Kentucky's getting. Uh, debatably the best guard in the class. I am incredibly high on Jamal Murray. And watching his high school games, you you didn't get to see them a ton. And when you did see them, they were generally playing really good teams. That's the way their high school schedule worked out. Uh, And also being from Canada, again, like I said, you didn't get to see them a lot. Uh, But I I am surprised. I would would have loved to have been able to watch a game with Rob where he could say, yeah, man, he was a bit overrated. Uh, because again, he was kind of an unknown recruit for the most part, and people knew of him. A 2016 guard with, you know, Oregon was really high on, and and you had some Power Five schools, middle pack Power Five schools that were interested. Uh, but then you, if you watched him more and more playing a team with Thon Maker, and and one Rob was right. You were you came away a bit underwhelmed with Thon Maker and and his desire to hang out on the perimeter instead of getting his seven foot body on the block, but. I uh, Jamal Murray stole the show, show for me. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I never saw him have a game where I kind of said, eh, well, maybe he's not as good as I thought. And I, I got to watch him play a, you know, a handful of times. Now, if you were going off what you saw at AAU last year and Peach Jam last year, one, I'm not sure why you'd be watching Jamal Murray unless you you know were Eric Bossy and you had to watch over the entire recruiting rankings because he wasn't a, you know, he wasn't a, a five-star must-see guy at that time, but he has blown up. He has grown, and, and Trevor, to me, that makes me think as the duration of this season goes on. Uh, yeah, maybe off the bat, Isaiah Briscoe will be better because he's a, he's got a bigger body and, and maybe can do a little bit more as of today. And Tyler Ulis more experienced, so maybe off the bat, it's easy to under to think, okay, well, he's going to be the third option, fourth option, maybe if you count Scalabissier. 
but as the season goes on with his prog progression, I think he's only going to get better. And I think his ceiling, with the exception of maybe Scal's, uh, is as high is higher than anybody's on the team. I, I wish I could intervene and say, oh, I agree with Rob and I disagree with you or, or vice versa, but you know as well as, any, as, as anybody that I don't really follow the recruiting trail. I don't watch a lot of the, unfortunately, these AAU tournaments and these, these the beach jam and things like that. And I'm old school. I'm not I'm not the, the to the full extent level of the, well, I'm not going to acknowledge the kid until I see him, in, see him in the jersey and I'm not going to, I'm not that old school level, get off my lawn at that point yet. And I do emphasize yet, but uh, I do, I do, I do prefer to hold off my opinions until I really watch the, the my own personal opinions until I see the kid in the collegiate level playing. While I do listen very closely to what you people like you, Rob, and and other recruiting analysts tell me, though. Well, now you do have differing opinions heading into this year because as of right now, you'd only had me talking up Jamal Murray. Now you have somebody else saying, yeah, "Well, maybe I he's thought not he was going to be Michael good. Jordan for the first couple of weeks." I mean. So, so you'll you'll so we'll this will be something we'll be able to monitor throughout the season, uh, just how good Jamal Murray will be. But and I had said on the show last week, yeah, if in an ideal situation you'd probably rather have maybe a Brandon Ingram or a Jalen Brown. Although I do think at the end of the year Jamal Murray could be better and have a better season than both those guys. But in terms of completing the five, completing your your starting five on Kentucky's roster, uh, a, a true three may be better. And, and Rob kind of reiterated that point but that being said uh, I don't think it's uh, you know Jamal Murray and Isaiah Briscoe are, are, are different players much different players um, and, and having another guy that you can give the ball to and he can create just like that because even this past season for a Kentucky team that went 38-0 you didn't have a ton of guys that could create and score for themselves really you could make a case that it really started and ended with Andrew Harrison, at least out on the perimeter, obviously Carl Anthony Towns, he threw it into the block, he was going to make something happen. But out on the perimeter, it really started and ended with Andrew Harrison. Now, you already have uh, you, you already have two guys in Isaiah Briscoe and Jamal Murray that will be able to do that, and, and maybe a few more depending on how the season plays out. Uh, where is Alex Poitras going to come back? So. That's um, one, I, one thing I like, not, not knowing about Jamal Murray's game, but one thing I, I did like about the signing of Jamal Murray, and it's a very short list of things I like being a Louisville fan that Kentucky's getting another five-star kid, was I, I, I'd like to see Alex Poitras not being forced into that, that perimeter three position. With, with Murray coming in, and I know he's more of a guard, I understand that, but he is a perimeter player nonetheless. And you with Mulder obviously mixed in there with Briscoe and Tyler Eulis. You can. I was hoping with the, the, this addition that Kentucky would be able to use Poitras more, where while it might not be ben as much beneficial to his NBA career, but his collegiate career, and that's him at the, on the low block and in the four, being able to cause matchup problems with bigger fours and be able to face those guys up, and I, that's that was the biggest perk to me of seeing Jamal Murray go to Kentucky is that that allows him now to to be more of a natural collegiate position where he has been kind of out of the last couple of years. Yeah, and I really bugs me because you watched Alex Poitras in high school and man he really you'd watch him play and you'd want him in the conversation as maybe one of the most versatile players in the country uh, he'd knock down threes he'd shoot a lot of threes probably more than he should have but he'd also just take guys off the perimeter and he was so much bigger than everybody that you either uh, get fouled he'd, you'd get in his way and you'd foul him or you'd literally just get ran over and get injured which I actually did see happen in an Alex Poitras game um, 
hasn't really worked out that way where that versatility is translated to the college game. But I do agree that allowing getting Jamal Murray, just getting a third player that could uh, be able to create for himself on the wing. And I, and I don't know if Charles Matthews will be able to do that in year one. I don't know if Michael Mulder will be able to create for himself. I think he's going to be a really good shooter. And I think he can put it on the floor maybe a little bit better than people give him credit for. But I don't know how well he could attack the rim. Uh, and then obviously Dominique Hawkins has some limitations on offense. So I do. I do agree. Getting anybody on the wing, even if he's not a true wing player, that can create for himself, that's going to push Alex Poitras down to the four. And that is completing the five in a sense. It's not. It's uh, it's a little different than maybe what we all had in mind. But it's a starting five lineup that, again, I, I'm taking over any other starting five lineup. Uh, before we head to break, Captain Arctic tweets into the show, as you can do, at T. Walker Rivals. He says, Rob's the only guy to ever block me on Twitter. They were arguing about the 2014 team, uh, the team that lost in the national championship game to Connecticut. I would love to hear that story, Captain Arctic. So we're going to head to commercial break. Hopefully we hear why Rob blocked one of our biggest and, and most loyal listeners. Uh, so stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Crack open those sandwiches I got at the gas station. I'm so hungry I can eat a sandwich from a gas station. <laughs> now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. Now in the street there is violence And then a lot of work to be done no We're back here for the Sports Oz. Uh, you know the fun thing making the rounds today, Trevor? What's that? Do you you have do you have an iPhone? I do iPhone five C or S or one of those letters. So do you do you have Siri? I do. I need you to do me a favor, okay? Oh, uh, okay. I need, and we're gonna do this on the air. I need you to get Siri. You, put you need up? to. Yeah, I need you to put. I need you to get her active, and I need you to ask her what zero divided by zero is. Okay, let's bring her up here. What is zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And you are sad that you have no friends. That is depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What What is that? Have to, why, why couldn't you just say zero? I mean, did yeah, she, did, I don't she know. Really, did she really need to point out my lack of, of social skills and my and how did she know I was obese? How did she know I liked cookies? I mean, <laughs> what the what the hell? Do you know now I don't feel That's, bad about the uh, like you know how everyone when they get the first, their first series they, they they think it's juvenilely fun to give it cuss words or to insult her and now I don't feel bad about all those days I spent telling her to you know bleep herself and see her what her reaction was or maybe it's just payback for it. 
I don't. I would guess so. I just imagine somebody at Apple having so much fun doing that. That that is oh. uh, that's very cruel of Siri. I guess she's uh, her skin is getting a lot less thick than it was at the beginning of her career. I the last time a Siri thing like this has made the rounds uh, this much was when I don't know. I guess maybe it was 2014, the year that UK went on to go to the national title game when you when they during the season they were struggling and losing a few games and they had fallen to number 25 and you'd ask Siri who her favorite basketball team was and she would say Kentucky because they were ranked 25 because she likes a good underdog or something along those lines. <laughs> I don't remember that but that that was a lot more amusing than than her insulting me and telling me I have no friends and no life. Yeah, so I think she's programmed to say whatever team's ranked 25th in the rankings, that's who she says her favorite team is. So at that time, it was Kentucky, and uh, Louisville fans had a good time with that. The only time I ever got probably. hooked on those is, uh, I think it was last year, or, it was, or maybe the year before, where I saw a tweet where if you ask Siri who the worst quarterback in the NFL is, she even knows it's Geno Smith, because he, I think he had the lowest QB rating at the time. And if you, you asked her, she'd go, Geno Smith of the Jets is the worst quarterback in the NFL. I That's pretty funny. That was somewhat amusing, even though I'm, you know, especially since I'm not a Jets fan. I mean, you are a fan of the Blue Jays, and my Red Sox got you last night. Yeah. We're making making moves. I'm amazed that you held us to one run as well. That's that's a, that's a rarity. A three-one game in a, in a Toronto involving Toronto is not something you see too often. There's, there's one thing we can do is score some runs. We might not be able to stop you from scoring runs, but uh, I think our best pitcher, Drew Hutchinson, who's what seven and three or seven and five, something like that. But he's got like a six something ERA, but yet he still has a good amount of wins because we just outscore everybody. Yeah, the Boston this year, it, I haven't, I, I I have followed it. I obviously don't really talk about it on social media. Uh, when there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they're not when they're not doing very good, I, I don't feel really the need to to tweet about them doing bad because guess what? A lot of people follow me for college basketball recruiting news. Uh, they they don't care about my Red Sox love. Sometimes if they're winning, though, I don't care what they care about. So I tweet about what I care that about. Never stops your boss uh, reminding us he's a he's a giant Knicks fan. That's true. You're right about that. Uh, so I haven't really tweeted about them too much this year, but it's been weird. They they put together an offensive lineup that I thought was maybe one of the better ones that I've ever remembered. Being a Red Sox fan since 2000 and uh, 1999, uh, but. The offense hasn't been all that great this year. Pitching seemed like it'd be a disaster, uh, but it's it's actually been better than I would have imagined. It's kind of been a, a little bit of the reverse for my Red Sox this season. Our, uh, our, Captain Ar- our pitching's been banged up. We lost Marcus Stroman, who was a, uh, the uh, second-year guy out of Vanderbilt uh, before, right before the season even started. We lost Aaron Sanchez. We lost Daniel Norris, three of our best young prospects. We but Listen, you, you'll learn one thing about Toronto, talking to me more often than not. They haven't had a record better than 500 since 1994, and they've not. And once the All Star break comes along, that is when they lose all chances of ever being in the hunt. They always stay competitive until the All Star break. As soon as the All Star break hits, poop in the pants. It's all downhill. And there's something that is making the rounds right now that I'm just now seeing that I'd kind of known about. Uh, a little bit of recruiting news, but since I've, I've got a Kentucky following, I kind of just want to get this out there now. Uh, so Draft Express spoke with Georgios Papaginus. Papa, Papa 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 Pap
Papaginus, who is a who is a Greek sinner. He's he's big. Uh, his name has been floated around with Kentucky for a little while. Uh, he was a big slice guy. He slice really really liked him and kind of turned Calipari onto him and said, "Listen, if we lose all three centers and we can't get anybody besides Scal, which ended up being exactly what happened, Trevor, uh, this is a guy we need to keep an eye on. This is a guy we could possibly land." So he tells Draft Express that he's going to announce soon, and he's down to NC State, UK, and St. John's, or maybe he'll just go pro and not not go to college altogether. Uh, so this is this is news to Kentucky, but um, he's not going to go to Kentucky. I'd be shocked if he went to Kentucky. I, I don't think Kentucky is all that interested in him right now. Uh, like I said, Trevor, he's a slice guy, and guess which one of the schools made the list? Uh, did I hear St. John's on that list? St. John's, St. John's is on that list. St. John's has been very active. Uh, so I would recently. imagine who hasn't. Say, <laughs> I said St. John's has been very active recently. Oh yeah, yeah, they're yeah, uh, they have, they've had a lot going on. Um, and and they also just lost one of the nation's top shop blockers who's transferring. So they do need a big guy. And I, and I, if I had to guess, if he were to go to college, although I haven't been following this recruitment because I don't think Kentucky is all that involved. Um, I would I would say maybe it's probably, I, I guess it would be St. John's. But like I said, I haven't been following that recruitment. I don't think Kentucky fans should get all that worked up about it. Because you know why, Trevor? You know why? And this is kind of making me mad. I had already closed the books on the 2015 recruiting class, so this can't happen. Oh, so, so, so TJ, because TJ has is, is already shut the books on 2015, therefore this kid does not is not allowed to come to Kentucky. Exactly. That's well said, uh, Trevor. I do need you to do me a favor, though. I need to po- I need to post this to our message board because I do have a job, uh, uh, another job. So I-, I need you I need you to talk here for like thirty seconds. Well, what would you like to talk about? Well, just tell me something to talk about. Well, I want you to tell me. Did you see Marshawn Lynch dr- jumping in the Skittles on Conan? I did not. I did not see that, but. Uh... I'll stay on the UK theme things uh, and, and go back to what you brought up with Doster to top the interview, and that's, of course, Cal <laughs> and the Kings. Uh, I'm sorry to John Lewis that I didn't uh, pay attention to Marshawn Lynch's off-the-field antics involving Skittles. But I, I agree with what Doster said about the Kings. Wojciechowski, even though he's as accurate as they come, he didn't actually say Cal Perry was interested in taking the Kings job. If you read the tweet correctly, it says that the Kings are interested in Cal. And like Doster said, and I agree, I believe you agreed with him, who isn't interested in Cal at the NBA level. Now, I don't think the Kings are as a dumpster fire job as, as maybe Doster described it by saying that they, that you have to be desperate to go to the NBA to take that job. They aren't obviously the top of level. If I'm Cal, I wouldn't be interested in that job either, especially in the, the dysfunction that they have going on. Their general manager doesn't, Obviously, talk to the owner and doesn't talk to the coach. The coach doesn't talk to the general manager or the owner. No one's talking to anybody. It just it looks like a, you have three people running an organization right now that don't have any idea which either any direction that any three want the direction the organization to go. You don't know who your best player is going to be. You don't know if he's going if your best player is going to even be back next year. And your second best player is Rudy Gay, and that should say enough of why no one would want to take that job. We've had nine coaches in ten years in Sacramento. Great fan base, and even they are starting to start to stop coming to games, which says a lot about the fact that they're getting very frustrated. And this is a fan base that's gone through many more frustrations than this. I mean, this is only a fan base that saw a few winning seasons with Chris Webber and Vladi Divac, who's now their general manager. 
and that's it. I mean, outside of that, you have to go back to probably the Kansas City Royal days before they were actually competitive with Oscar Robinson on the team before he left and won a championship finally with Milwaukee and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Not a very good organization, not a very good team, and right now, if you're Cal, there's no reason why you shouldn't shoot this rumor down right away because this isn't a team that's going to entice you. Unless they tell you that they're going to re- that the Cousins is going to stay and they've just pulled out a deal to bring in Anthony Davis to put along with them on the front line, then maybe Cal might actually answer the phone. But other than that, he's just going to laugh at whatever the owner's name is, hang up the phone and move on his way, and more likely just go play some golf or you know give topics on subjects that he doesn't really need to be giving topics on. Well, there's a few things that stood out that kind of got Kentucky fans so worked up. One, it was Woj. You know, anytime he says anything at all, uh, that news is generally going to be accurate. But like you mentioned, it was just that the Kings were interested in him. Well, of course, and of course the Kings are interested in him. You know what? There's a, probably about another 10 other teams that are interested in Cal. So, Doesn't mean and then you had, interested. I'm interested in, in, in Kate Upton. Doesn't mean she's interested in me. So then you have... DeMarcus Cousins on Sacramento, and that's all That's all well and good. You know, John Calipari considers him a son. I'm sure he'd love to coach him. He's also an NBA All-Star. He's an unbelievably good player. Uh, but here, now this is the, the thing that got Kentucky fans worked up afterwards is, one, I mean, those two things I can understand. But after this, it was just kind of your typical uh, Twitter overreaction. Uh, Calipari supposedly canceled doing a podcast with Seth Greenberg. And and that was a hint, Trevor, that he's not going to go to or he's he's leaving Kentucky. Maybe he just uh, had something better come up. Which is uh, crazy to me. Two, in the in the Woj story, what it had said is that they the Kings know that Calipari's looking to make ten million a year or something along those lines. And that got UK fans so worked up. It didn't say that they were going to pay him that much. It just said that they had known that that's what he'd be expecting. Which, you know, if you can get $10 million, you know, it, it, that shouldn't be something that, that gets you all that worked up. Uh, it, it just, there didn't seem to be enough evidence to support the fact that Calipari was actually going to strongly consider that. Now, that being said, I'm going to throw you a little curveball. Uh, I had somebody that I trust, Trevor, tell me that uh, there was some truth to this, that you know, he he did consider the idea of possibly going to Sacramento. Now, that taking that into consideration, maybe, maybe he was closer than we think, but like you mentioned, it is just Sacramento. He had passed up Cleveland last year when they had at least a 50-50 chance of landing LeBron, and depending on who you ask, maybe a better chance than 50-50. And he passed all that up. Uh, I don't know if he was ever ever really the number one candidate for New Orleans, but if he put his name out there, if he made a phone call to New Orleans, Trevor, there's no doubt they'd say, okay, well, if he's that interested in us, then maybe we need to to take an interest in him. He passed up the chance of coaching uh, the – future probably best player in the NBA once LeBron James starts to go on his decline. So he's passed up better opportunities. I'm sure he probably could have been in the mix in Oklahoma City if he wanted to. So then John Calipari goes on a string of tweets to to kind of shoot this down, and he didn't waste any time to do it, and that was the his impressive tweet, his thing. His tweet came an hour after Wojo's tweet. Yeah, I think it was 40 minutes. Yeah, uh, even, like that. Even, even quicker. Uh, so he had said, 
that for the 100th time, I have the best basketball coaching position in the world. I am not looking for any other coaching positions. And, and I don't know how to pronounce the owner's uh, of the king's name. Is it Vivek? I, I, I forgot to. Let's just call him the Maloofs, the guy that, that he's, he bought the team from. Yeah, we'll, we'll just call him Vivek. Uh, so he he said since he bought the team, Vivek and I have talked on and off about Boogie Cousins. Vivek asked me what I thought about Demarcus Cousins, and I told him he'd be an All Star, and I was right. In the last two weeks, I've we've also talked to a bunch about the draft and on draft day, obviously because of Willie Cauley Stein. At no time has Vivek offered me a job. I will be at Kentucky. So he made it pretty clear that, okay, we're shooting this down. If he did have at least any interest in the Kings, I think this report coming out would have kind of put a nip into that because obviously John Calipari would want to leave quietly, if at all possible. And, and, and Woj is the best in the business. There's no ifs, ands, or, but, uh, ifs, ands, or buts about it. But I'm wondering if maybe his source or somebody close to the Kings or whoever it may be knew that John Calipari and Vivek were talking with one another and maybe thought, oh, wow, they're talking and they're talking a lot. Maybe it's more than just friendly conversation and and try to put two and two together and ultimately ended up being maybe a bit misinformed. That, that is always a possibility and also there could have been a chance if he was and i'm sure he did talk because i think they are friends if i'm not mistaken I, I think him and john calipari are buddies i think he may even have gone to a kentucky game this year as a as a guest not as a scout or of any sort you know a lot of owners don't go around scouting but he went there as a friend of john calipari's to watch a kentucky game so maybe somewhere along the line he did say hey would you have a, any interest at all i know this is kind of just spitballing so maybe there was at least an initial conversation if if the logistics would be able to work out. Listen, Wojnowski's the best because most of his sources are the team themselves. He does do a, a, a nice little trade and, and give for sources to do fluff pieces on a lot of teams. You don't give him sources, he doesn't give you a fluff piece. He usually pretty much bashes you. It's one of the reasons why he's never been a LeBron James fan if you read any of his articles. And the Kings probably were the ones that told him, like, listen, hey, we're, we would love to have Cal here. We've talked to him. We would love to see his interest in running the front office and coaching. It doesn't mean that Cal has an interest. They're just saying we, we'd love to see what his interest is. And apparently Cal publicly did not want to delay any time to tell them, I have no interest. I, he didn't, he didn't, maybe he called them first. Maybe he texted them first. Maybe he got a hold of the owner first. I don't know. But he didn't wait very long on social media and public platform to say, I have no interest in this job. It doesn't. I do wonder, though, if how much being a front office as well as coaching is important to Cal. Because if it is – there's one reason why the Thunder job was never going to be a, a, an option for him because they were not going to give him front office control at Oklahoma City. That's not going to happen. And if you're Cleveland, as I know you want to coach LeBron, it's very hard to say there's anything negative to coaching LeBron James anywhere. But if you are, and even if you are his coach and his general manager, it really is that almost just like an assistant to the assistant manager type of role, though? Because LeBron James is the general manager of that team in Cleveland. You know, if hands and butts about it. They can pretend he's not. He can deny it. They can deny it. Anybody can deny it, but it doesn't make well, it and, not and, true. He runs and he's that the team. Co- and he's the coach. At this point, he is the coach. So if your Cal is, is, is the juice worth the squeeze to have just the greatest, the best player in the world? I mean, or would you rather have the third best player in the world? Maybe the second best player in the world, fourth best player, the fifth and seventh best best players in the world on the same team. Something along any other combination along those lines, 
Because if you have LeBron, you might not be as much like you said, the coach. Or you may have coaching and general manager listed on your resume, but it doesn't mean you're actually coaching and general managing that team. Yeah, it's and for the reasons you brought up again, the whole Sacramento thing, if he was a 35-year-old coach, a 38-year-old coach uh, that had never been to the NBA before and had, had won a championship in college and thought, you know, maybe I've done everything here. It's time to do to get my foot in the door in the NBA. Uh, maybe, maybe you'd be more worried about it. But He'd be gone after, after the 12 team if that was the case. If he had never been to the NBA before, and, he'd have left right after that 12 team championship. Probably so. And, and uh, Sacramento, like for, again, for reasons that Doster mentioned and reasons that you mentioned, uh, that that would almost just reek of desperation on Cal Perry's part. Yeah. Just to, it'd almost be uh, too many, uh, you know, he could do it in a very polite way, but it'd almost be like a middle finger to Kentucky saying, uh, I just want to get out of here. I, I want to get out of here and I'm not going to go anywhere else in college. So I'm just going to go anywhere in the NBA that will have me throw a lot of money my way. Uh, and it just so happens I'll get to coach some of the Kentucky players because a Sacramento's franchise is kind of garbage right now, to put it lightly. Well, it's just uh, been we... garbage for a while. And then because Cousins is, and I'm not going to deny it, listen, Cousins is good, but still this Kings team did not come anywhere near the playoffs. Yeah, uh, and they they haven't since uh, DeMarcus Cousins has been there. That's part of the reason maybe why he wants out, if possible. Also, uh, you know, and, and, you know, how – how would you feel right now if you were George Carl? Uh, if I'm George Carl, I don't even know why I'm at this job. I mean, I love I, I, I love George Carl, and I, he's been through so much. He had to he had to leave the the Denver Nuggets after being coach of the year because of of, of illness, and he he has survived it. He's been and why would you go through all the turmoil of of off the off the court things to survive and keep your life just to go to a living hell that is Sacramento? I mean, I don't get it. I mean, does he feel like he's trying to, well, like, accept car- you, some kind of karmic thing? I don't know. If you if you like if you like what you do and you like coaching basketball, maybe that's you well, know he just pick felt up a like, little league like, whistle or something, man. Anything other than they go to a college team. I mean, there's got to be another job that's going to be willing to offer you other than Sacramento. But and you also have to wonder something we didn't mention. I wonder if you got to wonder if Woj maybe just put this out there to. Uh, right, Woj not himself, but maybe somebody from Sacramento gave that information to Woj just because Sacramento's making it clear who they're siding with in this DeMarcus Cousins-George Carl debate. <laughs> maybe that's their way of saying, listen, George, we're looking for other people, so uh, pack your bags. Uh, we need like, to have oh, well, I don't care. I'll just go back to my ranch and retire on my millions of dollars. That uh, must be nice. We're going to head to commercial break. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Sports Talker with TJ Walker. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather bound books. Presented by Allen Electric. And my apartment. Smells of rich mahogany. I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. And my other boys don't know how to act. Yeah. I think it's special what's behind 
Welcome back here for the Sports Buzz. We had Captain Arctic, who listen to the show regularly, and we appreciate that, uh, say that him and Rob Doster had a disagreement on Twitter and uh, saying that Captain, that's the only guy that Captain Arctic has ever been blo- blocked by is our Tuesday regular guest. Uh, he just he said uh, it wasn't all that nasty. Captain Arctic said he said at one point he said, "Come on, Dosty, you get paid to know this stuff." Uh, and then he he gave him the block button. That seemed a, a bit premature. I'm, I'm, that surprises me because one Captain Arctic does never come out to me as someone who's very aggressive in terms of uh, an argument. And not that he's not you know adamant about what he believes, but compared to some of the people you read on Twitter, like, uh, say, for example, after 40 posted his article the other day, some of the replies from Kentucky fans that you would see and some of the things that people would say to him, I'm sure he didn't block those. And on the other hand, Doster's pretty thick-skinned. I mean, he doesn't really well, – he doesn't get too uh, too mad about things. He's a lot like me, lets things kind of slide off his shoulders. So both those things kind of surprised me why he did that. Maybe he did it on accident. Maybe he meant to – the reply and hit block and was just like, ah, oh, well, screw it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I agree that Doster th- seems to have thick skin. Captain Arctic is polite. Uh, maybe he was saying saying Dosty. Maybe he didn't like being called Dosty. <laughs> I can't. You know, imagine. Everybody... I probably said worse thing to Doster on the air. And he still comes on shows. Maybe it's maybe it's a soft spot for him. I don't know. Uh, Captain Arctic wants you to help him get the unblock button back. From from Doster, Trevor. <laughs> well, I'll I'll, I'll 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 talk to him tonight or tomorrow and see if I can get that done for him. Look at me pulling uh, strings. Is... I'm people who know people. I'm like Barbara Streisand. Look at you. Look at you doing doing Captain Arctic a favor. That's nice of you. Uh, there is a a, a ranking uh, by Thrillist from the website Thrillist. Oh yeah, I'm familiar the with top... that website. Are you really? I've no, never heard it. I'm just being sarcastic. I thought you actually might be serious. Uh, so there is a, a ranking of the top 50 states. They rank all of them. And, and their criteria has to do with scenery, food, drink, famous people from your state, uh, and, and things along those lines. Inventions, pretty much what your state has contributed to the union. And they rank the top 50. Trevor, who who do you think is is last? What state gets ranked last in these uh, in this ranking? Oh, it have to be Alaska, or maybe why I mean, Alaska? Well, I mean, I mean, guess what? It brings maybe oil to to the situation, but what is it? I mean, you, unless you want to take a cru- Alaskan cruise, which is mostly beyond majority of anybody I know's probably payroll, except maybe yours with that rival money going on over there. Uh, I just, what is there to Alaska offer? I mean, other than Alaska, the first state that comes to my mind is maybe Idaho, but damn, potatoes are so good. I mean, Montana, but Montana at least has like the open range and the, the whole cowboy effect. I mean, Kansas is pretty damn boring, but I mean, at least it's not 20 below and there's not six hours, you know, 12 days of night and 12 days of sunlight like Alaska. Yeah, it's well, got to be Alaska. It, it's, it's not Alaska. Oh, Alaska on. is 16th in the rankings. No, what you're But Alaska me- you got Alaskan you get Alaskan crab legs. Uh it's oh, a beautiful man. beautiful place. It's quiet. Uh the it's stars every no night. no one's there. There's no living it, it, ability. That's why it's so quiet. The only thing good Alaska offers is Northern Exposure, which is a TV show that maybe before your time but was pretty damn good. 
you get the you get the beautiful light uh, in the sky at Northern it's, Lights. I, I, can get, I, can, I can get you Northern Lights. It's a different kind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you? Call me later. I, I, I can see I can see how Alaska's high on this list. I I'm all for. I'm all for Alaska. Wait a minute, no, uh, so no, it's not last, but it's ranked 16th amongst 50. No way. Amongst you're, 50. You're telling me America's greatest remaining expanse and truly unspoiled wilderness and judgment-free opportunities to hunt wolves with spear guns via helicopter. Oh, whatever. This watch guy's out watched for, Mystery Alaska one too many times. Watch out for bears or and or palins. Enjoy the stunning beauty, the eerie silence, walking on a glacier, assuming you get there in the next few months while they're still in existence. Uh, also, eat some salmon. It's high in omega threes. Yeah, because salmon you can't get salmon or, or or crab legs in any other state. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's right. That dude's never been, or that he or she has never been to Alaska. Clearly, so they've got that. So you mentioned high. you mentioned Idaho could also maybe be in the running. Idaho comes in at number thirty seven. Okay, they, number thirty seven for Idaho. They say the gun is the gun. America is menacingly pointing at Canada. Uh, which is, is funny. I've never really looked at Idaho that way, but I guess that makes sense. Neither have I, uh, but it's so, kind of now I can't get it past looking. Now, now that it's been brought to my attention, I can't not see it. And, and when you think about this, Trevor, when you think about who they have at number 50, it kind of makes sense. Now, I think ultimately I'd go with somebody a little more low-key uh, than this state, but Florida coming in at last. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Before we, we you tell me the asinine reasons that they put Florida last, and I, listen, I, I've been to Florida. It can be frustrating being there. Tell me the criteria of this list once more. Once more, the criteria is, as they say, contributions to America. So think inventions, food and drink, somewhat pro- productive, famous people, unique physical beauty, and then et cetera. They okay. go on, you know. That's it. Unless this person just really hates George Bush, and, and that's then I see another reason, a part of that criteria, why Florida could be last. I, whenever you hear about somebody doing something stupid, Trevor, they're from Florida. Oh, well, it, that doesn't mean that there's that, that you didn't list people doing things stupid. People do stupid things in every state. But whenever you hear those crazy outlandish stories, like. Uh, man goes to store high on acid and rides lawnmower throughout the town, steals lawnmower, rides it throughout the town. That, that person's going to be from Florida. It always happens in Florida. I, it's probably the Every, everything happens. Everything crazy happens in Florida when really you do have some pretty scenery. But man, there are some trashy people in Florida, and there are. And there's trashy people. I mean, in New York, there's trashy people in Texas. There, there, there are. But you get you get out of some of the big cities, and even in the big city. I mean, even in especially the northern big cities, uh, there. I don't know. It's just Florida. Yeah, the beaches are nice. The coast is great. The weather generally is pretty good. There's all uh, kinds but, of things to do in Florida. There's, I mean, yes, there's there's the downside, but every state has a downside. I mean, again, I. The entire state I probably, of Mississippi is trashy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put Florida last, but I. I kind of see what they're hinting at. Uh, Florida is not that great of a state. Who's I mean, 49th? it's forty ninth. Forty ninth is Delaware. <laughs> well, if Wayne's World taught us anything, I agree with that. They said even people from Delaware don't really fight back all that hard when you make fun of Delaware. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. When I should have thought of Delaware, yeah, Delaware really and, brings nothing to the table whatsoever. Ohio forty eighth. For me, I felt Ooh. was a, a bit too high. 
they say getting LeBron back only further cemented its position as Florida of the North. Um, I, I, I like Ohio. I, I like I've Ohio. Been to, I lived in Ohio. I've all, yeah, I, I've, I've been to all the major cities in Ohio and have not had a bad time in any of them, even Cleveland, and that's saying something. Yeah, so I've, I've stayed in Cleveland, yeah. I disagree with that. Who do you think's number one on the list before we get to where Kentucky's at? Uh, in terms of, oh, good Lord, by their perspective, uh, it's probably Wisconsin because they're obsessed with cheese. Uh, <laughs> I would say California. Wisconsin was number four, so you weren't too far <laughs> they off. They do love their damn cheese. <laughs> I'm not too far off. California, not number one. California came in at number nine. Number one for them is Michigan. Oh, okay. Now, so wait a minute. Michigan's number one. So, for some crazy reason, Michigan's number one, and Ohio is number 48. All right, there's a little bit of bias in this somewhere. I'm willing to bet you. I, I'm sure there – bias, everybody has some sort of bias. You're born with a bias. I've been to Michigan. Or, That's not the best state. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't think Michigan is – is number one. They give their reasons. The 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 higher the the state is, uh, the longer the reason. So I'm not going to get all into why Michigan is number one. Is it number but, one because of unemployment? Is it number one because uh, of crime? Where Detroit is one of the most violent cities in the country? Is it number you one? You know they, they did they did say the Motor City's become a scrappily rising underdog. I wonder if they just gave Michigan number one. I, I wonder if they just gave Michigan number one state ranking to kind of boost morale up there because they need it. So maybe that's maybe that's what because you know how Michigan or was it Detroit or was it four whoever did that commercial during the Super Bowl not too long ago with Eminem it yeah. kind of seems like they need all the all the support they can get right now so maybe this article is a bit a bit flawed just to have you know people in Michigan to have something to hang on their wall you are not going to like number two I can tell you that much oh man what's number two is it Maine Maine <laughs> is it Maine <laughs> What? They, they, well, if Alaska's number 16 because of their seafood, clearly they do have a, not only a cheese fetish, but it's obviously a lobster fetish as well. So, uh, I, you know, I'd love to go to Maine. I'm sure that place is actually yeah. really pretty. I'm sure it it's is, some lobster. number two, come on. I mean. Yeah, number, number two might be. That's getting a little too close to Canada for my liking. Number two <laughs> might be a number high, a little too high. Number three, Kentucky. Woo! Wow. I, mean, go, I don't know if that's a... <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, knowing the rest of the, the ranking of this list at this point, though. Uh, so things, uh, this is what they say about Kentucky. Things that are really important to Kentuckians, making all the good bourbon, drinking all the good bourbon, drinking all said good bourbon while wagering on horse races, eating open-faced sandwiches that are covered in irresponsible amount of liquid cheese, yeah. making peace with sleazy basketball coaches you'd otherwise dislike because Ashley Judd needs something to root for, damn it. All things considered, Kentucky has it pretty figured out. Uh, while those are all perks for Kentucky to me, they don't rank you number three to, in terms of 50 states. I mean, Kentucky should have been, if I was going to rank this, and I lo- and listen, I know you probably love your this state, uh, even though I'm in southern Indiana at this moment, uh, you probably love Kentucky even more than I do, and I do love the state I, was, I come from. But, I mean, number two. Three come on. It's it's Kentucky should probably be around where Alaska is around fifteen or sixteen, maybe between fifteen and twenty. That's where Kentucky should probably rank. I mean, it depends really what you want to value, and it seems like on this list sometimes they value things higher than than other times. Uh, but I mean, if you want to value, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I 
Kentucky at three, you're probably right. That's probably too high. Uh, and but if you it, really, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you all that much. Top fifteen, I would, I would say, I mean, and I obviously am biased. Some people could say Kentucky would be in the bottom forty, all things considered, uh, and that it kind of has that reputation worldwide. But that, this is why I like this list to see Kentucky get some props. I, I give that, I and mean, Kentucky does the perks. I mean, other than the bourbon they mentioned, horse racing, the love of college basketball. You have scenery. You have the caves. You have. You know, you have you have towns like Louisville, which I've always said is it brings you a lot of the great amenities of a, a large city, and not the same hassle. But you know, so does Columbus as well. You know, there, it, it's got definite perks that belong at maybe to even crack near the top ten. But no, I mean, to number three, I mean, to say it's ranked higher than California, a state that I know is bigger than Kentucky, but also offers a lot more amenities and a lot more perks and a lot more added ons. Florida should not be last. Texas should be up there. Even though it's damn hot, uh, I mean, you know, Illinois. I guess Ohio should be New York. Where's New York at? I mean, I know it's only. Listen, I, New York is one thing I've learned when driving through New York. Is New York's a lot like Kentucky? It's basically a bunch of woods and, and driving through a bunch of hills, and there's about three major cities only in between. And their three major cities are a lot bigger than ours, but still, that's about the truth. Where does New York rank on this list? Thirtieth, number thirteen. N- number thirteen. I mean, come on. I mean, New York City alone should get you in the top five. And that's coming from someone who hasn't even been there in, in 15 years. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're – is New York City all that – is it all that great? It de- I mean, it depends if it's not – now, is it my cup of you tea? You take the good with no. the bad. I mean, it's it's not my greatest cup of tea. But, I mean, I, I'm more of a, a suburb type of guy than an inner city guy. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have, you know, what it offers. I mean, where else – I mean, you can go you can go down the end of your block and get a – Grilled chicken sandwich and some chips at five in the morning from a guy with a cart. You can't do that in Kentucky. Oh well, yeah, you can. Not from a guy walking around the street in a cart. You might get him see it also, but you you can get it. You can call up Spinelli's, get some fried Oreo. Yeah, you ain't you call. You ever tried calling Spinelli's after midnight? You you got a better chance of getting a taxi there before you get a sandwich there. On the weekends, you're right. Not during the week. Oh no, uh, I, but I used to live next to Spinelli's, and I, I, I even me. Someone of my stature realized it was quicker to walk there than it would be to order a delivery from there. I've had so many funny Spinelli stories with my my friends, not me. Uh, just several times that their their old college house got put on the block list because they went there too many times and everybody had already passed out, uh, so they couldn't deliver the pizzas. Uh, they they always try to do this scheme where they told them they had coupons and then just hoped. By the time when they came to the door, they'd forget about the coupon, so they'd get the discount. And <laughs> when they asked that the before, <laughs> and when they asked for the coupons, they just said that they didn't have them. Uh, and then eventually they caught on, and um, it, it ended up being a, disa- a disaster there. Uh, but their fried Oreo is is oh, it's good. phenomenal. I haven't had it for a while, but it is good. The pizza's good too, especially listen when you're ordering food at four in the morning. More than likely, any kind of edible edible item is going to taste good to you. It's a, it's a mindset you're probably in at that point. To to close out these rankings, uh, Indiana came out at number 28. So I'm not um, with that, really. I mean, they're, they're top 30, I would say. And really, their reasoning was very pro-Indiana. They, they say all these good things about them, uh, but then and then they had kind of give them a, a bad rank. I mean, 28 isn't terrible, but it's not better than half the other states. So... Um, so those those are the rankings, and you can read more where, where of them. Where was Hawaii rated? Did it get did it get knocked down the list because it's surrounded by too much water? 
hey, there's good seafood in Hawaii, so you should know that it was it was a high ranking number six. Okay, I was gonna say. I mean, come, that's well, I mean, really, they, they with Kentucky. Well, then Louisiana I mean, they, should be up there too because you can't. Number five. Oh, shrimp, number five. The, the shrimp in New Orleans is to die for. I mean, it's awesome. The gator, the gator in New Orleans oh. is to die for. You're missing out if you're not getting that gator. That Louisiana came at number five. They do love their seafood. Apparently so. Clearly, that was a huge factor in 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 this rankings. You can read the entire ranked fifty states from from Thrillist and Kentucky comes in at number three. Uh, that's a big victory for the Commonwealth. So we're going to take a commercial break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap up the show after that. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Bus. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. The Zen philosopher Basho once wrote, A flute with no holes is not a flute. A donut with no hole is a Danish. He's a funny guy. We're back here. One final segment. 1450. The sports buzz talked ranking the states there in that last segment. Uh, earlier, we had Rob Doster on, talked a handful of things. Also uh, spoke on John Calipari and his interest in the Kings, and ultimately nothing's going to come of that. Kentucky fans, you can get ready to rock and roll for next season. I, we need to. Uh, I, I need to bring this up just briefly. Louisville City FC has uh, has been dumped, Trevor. They've been they've been broken up with. Orlando City FC, who is their MLS affiliate, uh, told them, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with somebody else." They're hoping to create an Orlando City FC two team, like you're seeing um, a few teams in the USL do. Uh, the Red Bulls have one. The Timbers have one. The Sound have one, the LA Galaxy have one. So Orlando wants to do that, have them closer to home so they can develop guys, uh, bring them to the to their squad if they if they develop as they wish and have them right there in town. So what's this mean? You won't have Louisville FC now. They don't have a team anymore. <laughs> uh, fear not. They're they're still gonna have a team. They they will still be in some sort of affiliation, although the details of, of what that means uh, they, they will still be in some sort of affiliation with Orlando. So they're breaking up, and they're going to remain friends, Trevor. Uh, it, it's, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't Louisville City FC. It was them, and they want to stay close. They want to stay friends. Uh, so we're still going to have a team. What this means for Louisville City FC is that uh, this, I can actually spin this into a positive where if we, in a few years, do want an MLS team in this city, this will be easier now. It'll show that we're by ourselves. We're not in affiliation with uh, a, a, an MLS team, and we are doing this completely and 100% on our own. 
So this ultimately isn't going to be that big of a deal. We One thing that Louisville City FC will miss is the ability to have Orlando send some of their players to Louisville. But they had only done that once this year, and it was a guy that uh, hasn't really played all that well or played okay. So uh, it won't be a major loss, and, and, we'll, and we'll be in affiliation with those guys with Orlando till the end of the season. It, also, they announced that Orlando's going to come up and play uh, play an exhibition game against Louisville at Slugger Field on August 25th. So that'll be exciting. No, that's 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 nice of them. That's their way of guess uh, you know giving a breakup bang before they, they send us on our way. We're we're gonna we're gonna come play you in an exhibition game. By the way, we're no longer dating you, but here's a here's a parting gift. Uh, do, I mean, does Orlando? I mean, they don't have room to be picky. Have they not seen a recent list that says that they they are currently in the worst state in America? I mean, they don't, <laughs> they don't really need to be one to to start being picky amongst others. I mean, I, I, and is they it need maybe to be a bad soccer the- fan that I didn't know Orlando had an MLS team. I didn't even realize well, that. This this is their first year, just oh, like okay. it's our first year in the USL. They were a USL team last year, oh, and I now know. they're they're in the MLS. Um, but they'll be coming to Louisville Slugger Field. That's actually that's that's really cool uh, to give an LMS an MLS team coming to town. It if you are just a fan of Louisville in itself and want to prove that Louisville can support not only professional sports teams but any any major event, uh, you should try to get out there for that game. I think a realistic goal would be would be to have ten thousand people there. Uh, and honestly, if I had to guess right now, I would guess that that Louisville will be able to do that. I'm, so that's I'm exciting. curious on the comparisons of average ticket sales in Louisville compared to Orlando. And and, and I would be willing to bet if, if what you told you told me, I believe it was it yesterday that Louisville is averaging roughly six thousand people in, in attendance a game. Is that yeah. I would be one to bet that's got to be – Orlando cannot be bringing in that – I've been to Orlando, so it's a beautiful city. I mean, I've been there numerous – more times than I can remember to count. The only other city I've probably been to that, that far away as many times as I have been is maybe Atlanta, and that was mostly work-related or, or sports-related. But, I mean, it's – Orlando, I mean, there's so many – it's like it, – that's the problem with having teams in Florida. Miami Heat are a great example of this. There are so many other great things to do, which is why it should also be Fitzy's on the, on the list – there are so many other things to do in each city, whether it be Orlando, Miami, whatever. That the ticket ticket sales aren't that great. Listen, I, I went. I've been well, to a Magic well, game. Trevor, I went to saw Magic play the Knicks. I walked up the day before the day of the game and got good seats. It wasn't hard. Well, uh, you're you're wrong here, and I think it has to do with just kind of having a new team in town. Maybe uh, they for their first game they had they they, they play in the Citrus Bowl or um, yeah the Orlando Citrus Bowl. Yeah. And their first game, they filled that puppy. They had 62-5 at that game. Their lowest attendance is 23-3. So can we can we see pictures of this? Is this like they're doing well? (laughs) Their average attendance is uh, 34,000. So um, and and that obviously that big 62 is probably inflating all that. But uh, they're they're doing okay. It's new and it's exciting. I would imagine if Louisville City ever became an MLS team, we'd probably average around twenty thousand, maybe, depending on our stadium. What you know, where there's a lot of variables there. But I bet Louisville City would surprise you on numbers too. Everybody's excited, so those numbers will be a little bit inflated. That surprises me. I think the inflation is maybe the final number, not just the fact that they're supposedly bringing in that many people. I'd like to see, I'd, I'd like to see a picture of the Citrus Bowl on a sold-out uh, Orlando. What's their team nickname? I'm, did they are they just they SC? don't just or, Orlando City or they're Orlando City SC. They're sporting club, oh, okay. uh, not FC. Sporting what, what's club. What's the difference so, by the way? 
I, I don't think there is one, to be honest. I, I think it's just whatever your preference is. Um, but United States women's take on Germany tonight, one versus two. I think it was one of the first or second times that's ever happened in the Women's World Cup where you've had the FIFA rankings one versus two. Uh, the United States actually underdogs in this matchup against Germany, who has been phenomenal in phenomenal in this tournament. Uh, so that should be exciting. I'm decked out of my USA stuff. I'm excited to cheer on our girls in, in tonight's match. Uh, free agency in the NBA, which I, I've, I've, I keep neglecting to talk the NBA, Trevor, as I've written it down both Monday we, and Tuesday. We got time. We can spend almost a whole day talking about the free. Let's let's get the uh, let's let the uh, smoke clear a little bit and see who's all opting out and, and, and so on and so forth before we start getting into a little into the NBA pre, uh, offseason. Who, who are you most excited to see where they could possibly end up? Uh. Probably me personally is a Marcus Aldridge. Uh, I've, I've kind of liked Portland. I, I wouldn't say obviously I'm a Pacer fan, but Portland. I've always I've always kind of liked Portland the Trailblazers and Lomi. It's the jersey. I've always thought their jerseys are kind of cool. I, I'm just so they were always kind of my West Coast team, if you want to call it that. And they're about to be gutted, and Lamarcus Aldridge is a big reason why. I'm interested to see where he lands more so than anything. Even though at, I think 30, 31, maybe where he's at age wise. He's only got a few more years left at the top of his game, but wherever he lands is going to be a huge impact, and it's probably going to be somewhere in Texas. He is a Texas native, and it looks like Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio are all going out of just, just as hard as the Lakers are. Yeah, that'll that'll be one to certainly keep an eye on, without a doubt. Um, I, you know, we're going to like you said, we need to kind of let the smoke clear, let let get an idea for who's who's really thinking about leaving if they are in fact going to leave uh, deandre jordan kind of for similar reasons as why you said lamarcus aldridge uh, he's a big piece of the clippers i think he was kind of he got lost in the shuffle after chris paul and blake griffin um and he's likely to leave los angeles and talks that he could also go play in texas where where he played his college ball and if that's the case you know that, that could be a huge addition for any of those teams in texas i think the mavericks are the name Getting thrown around the most, that'd be huge uh, for them. Mark, so. Mark Gasol comes up to the top of mind. Paul Millsap. Uh, I mean, interesting to see Wesley Matthews. Gasol's and, probably uh, going to stay in. Stay, he's probably going to stay in Memphis. Likely. A lot of the guys are probably going to stay with where with their teams, but you never know. You know, once they get out there, you, you never know exactly what's going to happen. So, uh, we're out of time for today. Go USA, beat Germany. We'll talk NBA. We'll talk a lot of UK guys too because there's some news there uh, heading into tomorrow's show. So join us tomorrow, fourteen fifty, the Sports Buzz. We'll see you then. Call it purple, I'ma call it home Take a shot of Tron Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome Ride from the bill to BG in my zone Let me hear you say high time Sitting by the river Got my old shotgun fishing pole in my liquor Cause people always trying to tell me How to run my life when they say I'm going wrong And I swear I'm going right